expect the process is back and again in a different location. Um, when is Don Cornelius going to come in and take us off the set of Soul Train? Are, are, do you remember that episode of Seinfeld where they found the old set and Kramer set it yes. up in his apartment? I kind of yes. feel like that's what they've just like. We've done that. Yeah, we've just, I, I like this. It's know, pretty comfortable. They keep complaining, but we'll see. We'll see till the end of the okay. show. I'm um, good with it. Yeah, so respect the process back, um, or as my oldest daughter calls it, podcast club. Should podcast. We, do you have podcast club this afternoon? We yes, do I indeed. Do. It's not book club. Nope. It's podcast, podcast club. club. Good call. Um, but back, you are back from, obviously, Kentucky, as well as Coleman Coliseum last night. Yeah. Um, another big win for the Crimson Tide against South Alabama. I would say the offenses for the Tide football and basketball teams are clicking right running now. smoothly they're yeah. they're both fun basketball with you know three straight over a hundred and the one against South Alabama even though that's not the best of the three teams they played mm-hmm. may be the most impressive because South was not going to try to run with them mm-hmm. I mean they were going to try to play a slower game and Bama just made them yeah. get up and down the floor and and shot it really well and but the biggest thing is they defended at yeah. such a high level. Football-wise, um, I know that the LSU-Tennessee games resonate more with people, but to me, that one's incredibly impressive because yeah. you go there, and that was not a high-energy place. Right. It's beautiful. Yeah. I heard that. But That's- it was not a high-energy place. Um, it didn't have the same big game feel right. that the previous two did. And I was concerned. Coach Saban said he was worried about it being a trap game. Because Are the rat traps still out, and how long will they stay uh, out, do you they, think? They, they're probably out again this week. Yeah. I don't think they'll be needed in uh, the, the following yeah. week. But they are, you know, they were understandable. Kentucky was dangerous. If you didn't play well, right. You can lose that football game. Well, and Coach Saban said that, that he was pleased that they controlled the entire game. They did. There was never a point with which the game was in question. Yeah, and looked confident on both sides. Did some great things on defense. Offense, obviously, really good. Uh, And I like to see that the the entire wide receiving core was named player of the game. I thought that that was a nice touch. You you got one on me there because I did miss that, but I'm I'm glad to hear that as well because it shows you got multiple weapons. Yeah. you know, that was the problem to me, The well, not just to me, but to everybody, but the year that you lose to George in the national championship mm-hmm. game when you lost Jameson Williams and you lose John Mechie, you lost your receiving core yeah, by absolutely. March. I mean, you, you basically did, and that was, um, you know, that was disappointing because those were the only guys that stepped up. You, you don't um, maybe have guys – that are as good mm-hmm. as Williams and Mechie on their best days, but you've got more guys playing, as Coach calls it, winning football and doing things that help you to win games week after week and put you in a position to play for a championship, which this team has now done, securing yeah. a spot in Atlanta for the SEC championship. Well, and also always nice to get sunshine for it because Jalen Milrow has been the name on everybody, everyone's lips. For the past, I don't know how many weeks. Good now. and bad. Good and bad, but and and nice to see a little sunshine for the wide receivers. Sure. Um, in your opinion, will Milrow even play this week? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the history shows that Nick Saban's going to play his front line guys, and he's going to play them. 
as long as they're healthy. I just didn't know with the with the injury if that would impact whether he would hold him out for the entire week or not. Look, I I won't be shocked and if he yeah. doesn't feel like he's close to 100%. Mm -hmm. I absolutely can see him holding him out, but I, I think twofold. One, it's a message that you want to send to your guys that you want to be good to go, ready to go, yeah. and you're not taking it lightly out of the gate. You also want to keep him sharp. Mm -hmm. don't want to, you don't want to risk further injury if there's something that is lingering right. from last week. Um, and it would be understandable if he didn't play him mm -hmm. for that very reason. But I think, ideally, they play well, they play early, they score a bunch, and they get the heck out of there, and you let a lot of backups play. Yeah. I've always said that, to me, as a starter, you owe it to your teammates mm -hmm. to play well in weeks like this. Right. You owe it to them to take care of business early, get the heck out of the game, so you can take the pads off, and let those guys play because they don't get many opportunities. There yeah. are people, there are people that, and I get it, that will blast games like this one, Alabama and Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. Why are they playing this game? It's terrible. It's embarrassment. All this, all the stuff that people like to to throw out there. My perspective is different. I think it's um, it's a game where you're giving kids a chance, mm -hmm. other than a spring game, to see maybe the only meaningful action they'll have all year long. And I, when I say meaningful, I mean an abundance of snaps. Mm -hmm. um, it's their only chance. Some of them, it'll be the only time they ever hit the field in a regular season game yeah. wearing an Alabama uniform. That will mean something well down the road. It's the payoff for all the practice time and being a tackling dummy and everything else that a lot of those guys have to be on scout team and otherwise. But also... I was a product of this. Um, first Alabama football game that I ever saw in person, Coach Bryant was coaching against Arkansas State. I think mm -hmm. it was 1980, and I'm 10 years old, and somebody gave my dad a ticket or there was one yeah. available. And dad, you know, mm -hmm. got me in as a 10-year-old right. to go see Alabama play Arkansas State. I didn't care that it was Arkansas State. It was Alabama. Right. I still got the program in a box somewhere. It, it meant something because I got to go see the Tide play. There are people, and not just kids, but I think primarily of, you know, parents taking children that won't get another opportunity right. yep. any other time. They'll always have that particular game. They'll have Bama and Chattanooga. If you're an 8-year-old kid, 10-year-old kid, 12-year-old kid, and you're going to your first Alabama game, you don't care if it's Chattanooga or if it's the University of Tennessee, yeah. you're seeing the Tide play. You're hearing the band play, yeah, Alabama. You're seeing Nick Saban lead them out of the tunnel, and it'll be special. So does it mean a lot to everybody? Heck no. But if, it's, if you're in that group that gets to see the Tide for maybe the only time in your life in person, it, it's one you'll never forget. Well, even for Chattanooga, a lot of those players, no this will doubt. be an opportunity for them to say Absolutely that they played Bryant Denny no doubt. against Nick Saban. This sure. will be, that is an, a story and an opportunity Absolutely um, right. that, that will last a lifetime. Uh, you know, Coach was saying this week, one of the, the biggest things that they've got to focus on is execution, communicating, staying focused. Right. Having said that, if you were to put a percentage on what they're working on in practice and meetings, how much of that is on Georgia? 
Mm, because we now know that in two weeks, Alabama will be playing in the SEC championship game. I'm sorry. Three weeks. Am I doing my math correctly? I was okay. told there'd be no math. I was gonna, there okay. would be snacks. I won't carry the one. I won't carry okay. the one. But with Chattanooga this week, with Auburn next week, and now knowing that they'll be playing in Atlanta against Georgia, I know we take it one week at a time. Right. There may be some things that are worked in for Auburn. Wouldn't shock me with Georgia. And I know we probably but, won't see much this week. No, no but. but but you can do that, and they won't say, "Hey, this is a Georgia play." They won't say, "This is an Auburn play," but they may they will work on some things yeah. that you'll see. I don't to what extent I couldn't tell you, yeah. but there may be a wrinkle or two here or there where they may may work that in. A few things here, and, and, and earlier in the season, leadership was a big question on this team. Yeah, and. We have probably seen this team grow more than a lot of other teams in recent history. I talk about the growth from game one to where we are now. And yeah. the other day, Coach was talking about who he viewed as leaders on the team. He's like, they may not be vocal, but you guys like Braswell, Malachi, Tim Keenan, Devontae Lawson, Dallas Turner. Uh, he told you on the Nick Saban show um, that he asked the leaders at each position on Friday to step up and say, what is it going to take? from your position group to win this team, uh, to win this game. And I really think, at least in my opinion watching it, that Coach Saban has developed and his respect has grown for this team. I think he truly does respect the growth and the commitment and the challenge that they have accepted this season. We heard him say he liked the people and the personalities from the start. But then on the show, yeah. yeah, He he liked that from the start, but... There's no doubt. Yeah. As you watch them grow, and and he questioned them after the Texas sure. team too. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's obvious doubt. I mean, they hadn't had a loss that early in the year, and granted, again, played necessarily a team the caliber of Texas. Yeah. That early in quite a while either, but sure, there were a ton of question marks, and I think they got a lot. They figured it out together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a. You know, a light bulb suddenly went off. Somebody flipped a switch, whatever. They had to go to work to get better. Yeah. And they did. And it didn't happen immediately. South Florida game, if you play just about anybody else on the schedule, the way you played against South Florida, you may have lost that football game. But they didn't. And they built off of that and beat an Ole Miss team that we know now. But especially then, it was really good. Mm-hmm. and then got better week at, you know, a little bit of a digressed a little against Arkansas in the second half of that game, but overcame it. I, I think even that was helpful in the growth and development standpoint because they learned you can't take a quarter off, yeah. let alone a half. Uh, they were very fortunate to hang on and win that football game. They learned a lot in that. Yeah. Sometimes you, you learn in success. Sometimes you learn in failure. Sometimes you don't learn at all. And that's when you got a problem. This turn, this team's learned. They've gotten better. And, you know, I'm glad they put themselves in this position. I'm excited to see how they look in three weeks against Georgia. Uh, but I'm really interested to see how they handle, not just Saturday, how do they handle Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday before Chattanooga comes in and plays yeah. the game on Saturday. We... 
have talked a little bit about Kool-Aid McKinstry back as, as the receiver for kickoffs and punts. Mm -hmm. Do you think with a team like Chattanooga coming in this week, we might see someone else fielding back there? Uh, I think there's a good chance you'll see different players in different roles at different positions mm -hmm. uh, more frequently. Again, that goes back, though, to being on the guys who are your frontline guys yeah. to take care of business early. Mm -hmm. And early means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mm -hmm. in practice. Right. If they take care of things the right way, go about it the right way, prepare the right way, and then go and carry it to the field, then a ton of guys are going to get to play. Yeah. And I think, like you talked about, seeing another return man or two in there. Coach pointed it out. I had it wrong. I said it wrong when I was doing the play-by-play -play, that it was – you know, that Kool-Aid had misplayed it, and he said, look, no, he, he had a teammate that was in the way. Okay. So not on Kool-Aid for that one. But uh, they are – you want to see different guys because the position he plays defensively mm -hmm. gets hurt. Yeah. You know, you, you don't just lose one of the best corners. You lose your corner and your punt return guy. Mm -hmm. You better have somebody else ready, and obviously they do in practice, but – how do they look when the bullets are flying in an yeah. actual ball game? I think that's going to be something they will want to take a look at. With Senior Day on Saturday, you mm -hmm. know, it's it, when you stop to look at who will be graduating off this team. I mean, there it's you got Malachi Moore and Jace McClellan, Jermaine Burton, Seth McLaughlin, James Burnup, Justin Aboigbe, Roy Dell Williams, Will Reichard. I know I'm missing some, but those right. are some of the big names that we've sure. seen. Um, you know, on Monday when someone asked Coach Saban about the value of these seniors that have stayed through the program. He got pretty animated talking about they stayed, they've done what we've asked of them, there is great benefit to it, and stop asking about freshmen getting playing time. Yeah. That was, he was pretty fired up talking about how we are so big on freshman playing time that we don't look at the value of People that actually study. I mean, Mac Jones was the first name that, that he came up with. Yeah. It, it, I think those guys are more and more rare, though. Yep, absolutely. That they're going to stay through that time, which I guess is Coach's point of, you know. Because he said, of, how many, he said, no NFL personnel have ever asked me how much, how much has he had in terms of playing time as a freshman. Right. It's like, I've never been asked that question. Right. Because it, it matters more what you do at the end of your career, yeah. obviously, than the front end of it. But because he, here's why it happens on the front end with a freshman. These are the kids who probably from the first time they ever set foot on a playing field were praised as being among the best. Absolutely. They're, they're five-star. Five, five-star. Five- and six-year-old kids, they're bigger, faster, they're going to be this, and they often are. Uh, then they get to high school, and often, not every time, but often, they are. Then, like you said, four and five star. Mm -hmm. They're recruited. They're told by the schools who want them there, Alabama included, hey, you're the best. Come here. We need you here. You're going to do this here. You get there, well, guess what? There's four and five stars all over the right. place at a place like Alabama. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to manage it? How are you going to handle not being the guy? One way that, to me, one thing that's huge to me is seeing the number of freshman running backs 
their own special teams and making plays yeah. on special teams because they want on the field. Yep. They don't believe it's beneath them right. Absolutely. to be in that role. Hey, get me on the field, whatever mm -hmm. it takes. That's a huge sign. Um, so I think that's, and you start hearing it from, from all you boys back home, you know, why you, you ought to be playing, you ought to do this. So that's why I think there's as much conversation about freshmen mm -hmm. in playing time because it's the first time they hadn't been the star right. if they're not the star. But there is no question that taking time and developing, it's why I said a couple of weeks ago that Jalen Milrow, even when he was struggling a little bit at the, the start of the year, if this were the old days, people wouldn't be talking about how much he's struggling because they would understand you're going to struggle as a first-year starter. Mm -hmm. The conversation would be instead, man, look at some of the plays he's making. He's going to be so good by the time he's right. a senior. But nobody thinks about development anymore. Than mm -hmm. They don't think about the growth part of it. They're simply sitting there talking about, you know, why aren't you the guy today? Yeah. Why, why hadn't you just snapped your fingers and made today happen, and today doesn't just happen. Now, one of the reasons why, it's because you're coming in after Bryce Young. Yeah, exactly. You know, they forget that Mac Jones waited his time yeah. behind to uh, and Jalen. Those are the four guys that Jalen Milrow had to follow. Okay, he's gotten a, a year under his belt, not a quite full season, but he's gotten a number of snaps and games under his belt. His offensive coordinators understood how best to utilize mm -hmm. him. Everybody else on that team, including the offensive line, is getting better, mm -hmm. which helps him be better. Yeah. So what do you know? All of a sudden, it's not a light bulb going off. It's development, growth, and improvement that's taking place week by week. Dare I say a process? That you, you might, but I know this much. You better respect. You better respect it. Yeah. But and and coach even brought up the point of we have guys here who compete against some of the best every day. They are practicing with the best, and they'll go on to play in the NFL. And they may not have been the guy here at right. the University of Alabama because of the quality of players that they are playing and competing with day in day out. The the front line guys, ones against ones in practice are better, and there's a long time that's been the mm -hmm. case. Ones against ones are better. Watching the practice film is probably a better gauge and, and barometer for a lot of these scouts than actual game film. Because how many, how many linemen did you see, offensive linemen, going against NFL defensive linemen? You had pro corners yeah. working against pro wide receivers. Right. You know, the quarterbacks throwing against defenses that are NFL caliber, loaded with NFL players. So, yeah, that's no wonder they were playing and have been playing at such a high level for so long. Right. Because they get pushed in practice every day. And there's a, at some point I would love to see someone do a study or, or get some numbers on this on transferring in the portal and then how it has affected your draft status. Does it, does it increase it? Are you going to go higher in the draft because you transferred to another school and however, or if you stayed at your school? What, what, what the numbers on that look like at some point? Because one thing people don't talk about is the number of guys who get left in the portal. Oh. The number of, the number of athletes who do not get picked up is staggering once people take a look at that. It is. And it's risky. Best, best night 
not to uh, shine a light on something that needs to stay in the dark. I mean, they are. There's a reason. There's a reason a lot of these guys weren't playing. Yeah, it ain't the coach's fault. No. There's no. there's a reason. Now, if you're at Alabama, Alvin Kamara is a great example. Right. Alvin Kamara, yeah. you know, yeah. like he said, I thought I was great, and I walked in the room and I looked, and the guys he was behind, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I got no. That's business. a wake up. Yeah. I got no business. Goes to Tennessee, did great, and. Now a tremendous running back in the NFL has been for the Saints, and you know. Yeah. But those situations are—I'm not going to say they're extremely rare, but it it happens. Yeah. A lot, you know. I don't. There are guys that help themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Bo Nix as highly regarded if he stays at Auburn today? Maybe. Is he as highly regarded as he is now? Yep. That he's gone somewhere else and had the success that he's had? Probably not in that situation. How about DJ Ungalale? You know, he yeah. was he was losing his spot there at Clemson. Goes somewhere else. Jalen, another example. Yeah. Jalen didn't lose the job. No. Tua won it. He, exactly. And but did everything right. Stuck around for another year, did it right, and then left. Mm-hmm. Didn't create problems while he was there, held that team together, and helped them win an SEC title because of the job he did filling in for Tua when he got right. hurt against Georgia. Storybook. Yeah. And cemented his legacy from an Alabama standpoint, even though he finished somewhere else. So I think it's different with each guy. I think each set of circumstances is different. I think the portal's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think guys make bad choices because, again, you let people get in your ear that want to hang on and ride your coattails rather than truly support you and see you just simply be your best. Well, I think you also have NIL whispering in your ear as well when that. you start factoring that in. And that's, again, that's... But that's some, people also, a lot of them want their, their piece of it. Exactly, well. exactly. And I, I was out in Texas earlier this week, and I had people, they were like, oh, here's the, the top five schools that Archman is thinking about transferring to. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. It's, it, again, it's a Pandora's box that we cannot close in, anymore, but... Um, well, it's like Coach said, NIL was supposed to be set up where when you do something at the college level, you're able to earn money off of what you've created in terms of value for right. yourself. Right. It wasn't intended to be a recruiting tool right. to draw you to a school, mm-hmm. but that's what some have used it for. Um We'll go ahead and get into that because, uh, again, I went with my daughter out for a college visit and... Um, we were in Texas. We were not at A&M. We were not at the University of Texas. But um, I was sitting at a table with some moms uh, having lunch, and one was from Oklahoma and one was from South Texas. And she was an A&M grad. And to hear her dog cuss this man and could not get his butt out of town fast enough talking about Jimbo Fisher. And, you know, we talk about the, the money for the 12th Man Foundation was a drop in the bucket. That, sure. that, that's nominal money that they can write off. What will Jimbo Fisher's eulogy be like if, especially, I mean, Nick Saban was very courteous the other day saying he doesn't like to see anybody lose their job. Duh, 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 duh. But would, I do think that Nick Saban won the war. 
And anybody with any sense knew that was going to happen. This is where Jimbo did it to himself. If, if Jimbo had done what I'd heard he'd been told to do by his athletic director and by the commissioner of the league, which is keep your mouth shut, we got it. He can't. He, can't he physically do it. cannot. He, can't. he calls like a... a press conference, mm-hmm. and even though even though it was not intentional, I don't believe on Nick Saban's part to run down Jimbo. He was talking about the circumstances overall that the game was in. Now, yes. Did he phrase it all right? Probably not, but. In this, where everybody feels like there's got to be a, a, a good guy and a bad guy, win or lose or whatever, Nick Saban was the clear-cut bad guy Oh yeah. in this question. if you had to pick one in this. There's no doubt. It was him. Jimbo, because he won't shut up, created a scenario that people didn't think was humanly possible, and that's to make Nick Saban look like a sympathetic figure in that situation. Right. Because most sane people knew, why are you saying the things? Yeah. This guy saved your career. Right. I know people, I know people who wouldn't call themselves Nick Saban fans, but are in the coaching profession and have the utmost respect for him, who know for a fact Nick Saban saved the man's coaching career when he hired him in Baton Rouge. Saved it. Yeah. And that is what, that's how you're going to repay him mm-hmm. with that. And like I said, it was so unnecessary. Could have, you know, and, and I may be wrong in, in how I remember remembering this. But do you remember when Fuzzy Zeller made the comments that were so inflammatory about Fried chicken at Tiger the, Woods the dinner Tiger that he Woods was having dinner. for his champions dinner. Yes. And people were coming to Tiger and wanting comment from him. And there were those that were critical of, of Tiger for not um, Speaking calling of, off yeah, the yeah, dog. Yeah. Calling off the, there were people that were upset because he wasn't talking, but there were also people who were upset that he didn't try to help Fuzzy out mm-hmm. on that. He's like, I, I didn't say anything. Right. Well, Why should I have well, to? No, this isn't my responsibility. But by simply staying quiet, that played its way out. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's all Jimbo had to do. Right. Physically incapable of shutting up. And it burned him. Nick Saban took the high road. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chickens done come home to roost, y'all. The interesting thing about it is he has the facilities. He has the financial backing. He has the players. And the biggest concern at that point was you are not going to be able to win. And with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league next year, you're not the guy who's going to be able to beat them either. But let's also be clear. Texas hadn't been Texas. No. No. Since Alabama beat them in the Rose exactly. Bowl, they beat Alabama this year. I'm not downplaying it. I'm a fan of Sark. Not at Alabama's expense, but otherwise I hope he does really well right, Exactly, there. yeah. But Texas A&M has never been Texas. No. 
And Texas ain't even Texas right now. They're they're closer to it than they've been. They're trending. But they're not. They're still not no. what they used to be. No. So that being said, why does anybody think A&M's going to be any different? Yes, they've, they should be better because of the resources and what we say about the recruiting talent pool and all that. But they've never been that for an extended period of time. They're not bad. Most people would love to be them. Yeah. But the elite of the elite have never envied A&M except for re- – how many, how many coaches that won at other places have gone there and not been able to do any better than – Yeah, that's an interesting point. You, know, you would have thought Fran would have won yeah. at the time. You, you would have thought – Leaving, you know, I wasn't. That one worked out no, that, the that way I wanted it, to see it go. Itself out too, but it, yeah. it did, but I'm just saying. Here's a guy that, you know, came from Alabama, went to A&M. Not everybody there. Look, they've got a really good history. I'm not knocking Texas A&M. Yeah. But they've they've never been for an extended period of time, Texas or anybody else that's truly elite. Yeah. Just because you've got the money and they've got a great stadium, it doesn't. There's some places where you just can't turn a corner hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. You can't completely turn the corner. You do it periodically, but you never can keep it there. Well, to continue uh, the the positive talk here, and I'm going to go ahead and upset people with this one, but we also have the Mississippi State job open. Who takes it, and does it even matter? Because oh, yeah. I almost am ready to put them on the same spot with Vanderbilt. They got a, they got a problem over there. Um, you know, when John Cohen left to go to Auburn, they replaced him with a guy that I'm not knocking. I think he has a really good, from what I understood, a good resume. Was not strongly tied to state. I wouldn't know the gentleman if he walked in right now. It's okay. He wouldn't know me either. My point is simply there's not a lot of people that believe that there is a plan or a sense of direction in Starkville, Mississippi right now. There's, you know, I've heard heard it said from some people who've been around that athletic department for years. I don't know anybody around here anymore. You know, there's only a handful of people that made state what it was and which was always had an identity of being tough, competitive, maybe not always a leader at a championship level or even able to contend for it, but it was always somebody you respected because you knew it was going to be a tough challenge. Yeah. And they just, they've, they seem to have a real void right now. I remember someone telling me the only way that after Cheryl left, that they were, there's no way they're going to be able to win legitimately. That, yeah, without other factors helping them, there was no way they were ever going to be able to win legitimately. Yeah, and, and look, that's that's fine. <laughs> Easy for me to say because I'm not a state guy. But the point is, they're not even relevant right now. They're not even no. competitive, which is and that's why not like, what they're used no, to. No, that's why I ask. Does it even matter who they hire? I, you you got a problem over there, and I don't know anything about their president. I don't, again, I don't know their AD, but yeah. from things that I've heard, it, you, you're going to have to bring back uh, 
I've always said, if you're going to be, if you're going to be great, you better have a president's office, an AD's office, and a football coach's office that is all on the same page. You know, you have a good season with maybe one of those three or two of those three, but if you're going to have a program, you better have all three in lockstep. It's the reason Alabama has had as great as Nick Saban is. It's the reason Alabama has been as good as they have been for more than 15 years is that that president's office, the AD's office, and the head man have all been in lockstep. Yep. And I don't think state has that luxury right now or anything close to no. it. They're going to have to, they're going to a lot. It's more than just the football right. office. It's, it's got to change. Yeah. Okay. We need to turn our attention to this week's college football playoff. And no surprise, the Georgia Bulldogs move up to number should. one. Um, I, I, I think they should. I, I, I see no I reason that that. Um, but things are about to get interesting because. Oregon State has the chance to really send this thing into chaos mm-hmm. because uh, they play the number five Washington Huskies, will travel to Corvallis this Saturday, and then next Saturday the Beavers travel to take on sixth-ranked Oregon in Eugene. Not to mention we also then have Ohio State and Michigan next weekend as well as Alabama and Auburn. There is the, and Alabama can only hope and pray that chaos reigns. Um, after these next couple weeks because if they can keep winning and doing what they can do, they do need some help from up in front. They do. Um, I'm not pushing the panic button on that yet. First of all, there's too much that Alabama's got to handle on their own. Yeah. Um, there's There's the game with Georgia coming, we know. You've got Chattanooga and Auburn to take care of first. Georgia has got... Georgia Tech and who else? That's a good question. Whoever. Somebody. Uh, yeah. Tennessee. They have to play oh, Tennessee. See, I always forget that since it's yeah. the slate in the season. Okay, so, sorry. So they got Tennessee and Georgia Tech yeah. to take care of first. So, Not nothing, but you know. Uh, capable of having a mess on your hands yeah. if, you, if you're not locked in. Um, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other. If one of those is a blowout, you know. Do one of those slide Somebody out slide back. of the mix? Um, but Florida with, State shouldn't lose Washington. But if Oregon loses loses the second game, yeah, they're going to slide. Yep. Um, if for some reason Oregon State were to be able to beat uh, Washington, they might slide down too. If Alabama, I don't can think continue, there's any doubt they will. If Alabama can continue to show progress and continue to make statements week after week. Going into the SEC championship, um, if if there are only three undefeated teams, mm-hmm. if there are only three undefeated teams, I absolutely and Alabama wins out. Yeah, I absolutely would see Alabama top four. Here's the interesting thing, to me, I'm trying to remember who those teams were. Let's say you've got Georgia. Is it Georgia, Texas, and Alabama with one loss? Mm-hmm. No. Or are you talking about Oregon? I'm just saying, oh, Georgia. Okay. If you had if Georgia, Georgia, okay, Georgia, Georgia, Texas, had Alabama okay. after the after the conference championships yes. game, because only two of them get in. Mm-hmm. Is one loss Georgia the team that's left out? 
I think it probably depends on the game. It depends on the loss. It depends on. Uh, well, if again, it, was a it would be or, Alabama. Yeah. It would be Alabama. And are you going to keep? Are you going to keep Alabama out, having lost to Texas when that loss was in week two? Are you going to put Georgia in ahead of Alabama when Bama hasn't lost? To, you know, when Bama had just beaten them the week before. Right. Um, well, I'm sure glad we have a think tank on this that can. Uh, it's why we're going to play. It's why we're, it's why to we're going to play, and it's why it doesn't. Ma- I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because you've got to be somewhere in inside of it. Mm-hmm. But it's why you don't need to panic just yet. Nope, it's going to be interesting. Yep. Um, I have an idea for a book. Uh oh. Um, and I want to call it coloring. Tech- nope. Text from Miss Terry. Who, Lord? Because that was another thing that Saban referenced uh, was kind of the family dynamic once you are within the fold of that she is more the loving, you know, uh, I guess caretaker, and he's obviously the dad who gets things done. And mm-hmm. he, what made me think of this is he was talking about how Miss Terry texts with Terry on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would love to see some of the text exchanges she's had with players over the years because they are truly a unique couple because very few marriages survive the duration of football that they have covered and just they each have a role um, that they fulfill not only with the university but for this team you know it is interesting and I hadn't thought about this until just now but I remember um, reading the books um, books about Coach Bryant and I think Joe Namath told the story about being kicked out of the dorm when he was kicked off the team at Alabama Okay, believable. But Ms. Bryant hit him out in the basement of their home. He had a place to stay. Um, and so the, the, the maternal figure mm-hmm. uh, with the, the stern father, be it Coach Bryant or, yeah. or Coach Saban, and then to have, you know, the... The mom, yeah. if you will, of the team. Uh, the mom who could be tough. Oh, yeah. But the mom who also, you know, could also be be the soft one you'd expect mom to be and, and talk to him, love on him a little bit. But, no, it's – she's amazing. And she is uh, – she is probably the second biggest reason, if not the biggest reason that he's still the head coach at the University of Alabama and that the legacy has been what it is. Because not only does she enjoy Alabama mm-hmm. and everything that comes with being head coach at Alabama, um, she's phenomenal on recruiting weekends with recruits' families, mm-hmm. with players after they're signed and on campus yeah. as evidence with what you just talked about with Terry on. So it's a, it's an incredible combination yeah. that she and Coach provide, and they enjoy being a team, and it's as good a team as there is. I mean, because when you sign up for that, I don't know that you always, you know, I think it's like most things when you, when you're young and think everything's going to work out. Next thing you know, you're, I mean, because I don't know if she gets up as early as he does in the morning. To say, to have a great day, 
make sure your oatmeal pies are stacked up in your office and yeah. everything's as it should be. You got your old cup of coffee and there you go. Uh, but no, they are a, they are a remarkable team, and I just I, I've thought that it, I know Barbara Dooley is always uh, a, a, an entertaining figure as well sure. as a coach's wife. Right. Um, and the two of them remind me of each other. That they That's also have reason they're good friends. They have a great sense of humor as well, yeah. and I think you have to in that job. Um, okay, so we have Chattanooga this Saturday at 11 a.m. Another early kickoff, um, which then. Hopefully gives everyone time to rest, get ready for another hectic week leading into the Auburn game. Um, and then also you not only will be doing some football, but then you also get to go down to, I mean, I, if somebody's got to do it. Yeah. I'm glad that we can sign you up to head down to the beach for a couple of days uh, for some Alabama football. They have a pretty good, they've got a, a murderer's row coming up. It's, and you've probably got the schedule in well, front of me, but like, I know they've got... Second, so they'll finish with Mercer yeah. you know, of these four home games. Mercer but on Friday. But then there'll be Ohio State uh-huh. in game one in, in Destin on a Friday. And on Iron Bowl Saturday, they will play either Oregon or Santa Clara uh-huh. in the, the second game, probably Oregon. Oh, then uh, on December 2nd, you've got Purdue. Purdue in Toronto. Second-ranked Purdue. Assuming I can get the passport. I'm supposed to. That'll be. Okay. Uh, I'll be in Toronto be doing the game. Oh, sure. Uh, then you got Cre- then you got uh, eight, eighth ranked Creighton <laughs> in Omaha. In Omaha, and, and the team will then get on a plane and fly to Arizona. To Arizona, where they will be because it'll be out of school, so they'll be in Phoenix for four days. Yeah. Before they play on a Wednesday. So you've got second ranked Purdue, eighth ranked Creighton, and third ranked Arizona is all part of your non conference. Yeah. schedule and then they've got two more before the first of the year when we get into uh, conference play here here's the thing when that's all over and before you play the first conference game i think january 6th against vandy right, yeah. in nashville you'll have a really good idea of who you are absolutely you you don't need to go ahead and put the uniforms up if you don't play well during that stretch yeah. you referenced nor do you need to go ahead and get fitted for championship rings if you somehow were to win them all yeah but you're going to have a real good idea of what you need to work on and what you can be. And you get a chance to really help your resume yep. come March if you can do pretty well. But the beauty of it is now, again, what's changed so much in the last 10 years in the SEC, you don't have to win games in order to assure yourself of an NCAA right. tournament berth. The yeah. SEC and success within the league itself, yeah. you know, allows you to make hay if you do struggle in a in a brutal non-conference schedule such as the one they're facing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will be looking and listening for you. I enjoyed listening to you last weekend because I Thank was you. at a soccer game, and so um, it sounded like you and Tyler had a good time. Um, we do. In the booth, as always. Always do. Um, so, 11 Can I tell you real quick? Yeah. It's so funny no, to hear you, hear you say that. It's just one of those things that makes me pinch myself that I'm um, that I'm getting to do what I do. Yes. Because I only played soccer for two years as a kid, but I'll never forget being in the backseat of my mom's car, taking me to a soccer game when Alabama lost to Mississippi State with Coach Bryant in Jackson, six to three had their 28-game win streak, I believe it was, 26 or 28-game win streak, come to a close. And listening to John Forty mm-hmm. do the radio play-by-play for that ball game. And to think 
you were driving at a soccer game. I was standing, actually. With you standing, standing at a soccer game, but with your child. Yeah. And here I am doing the play-by-play. -play I know. I'm, I'm not putting myself in John's category by any stretch or well, even for a second. But to be doing the job that John was when I was a little boy is incredibly special. I, I honestly can't imagine because, yeah, yeah it's, it's really special. It, I do enjoy sometimes telling, reminding y'all that, I mean, you are working in the candy shop. I mean, you are in the toy department. You've got one of, it's a job. But and it's it, cool. I mean, it is, but it's, it's, it's a pretty cool job. It is. And uh, you always have the best seat in the house regardless of which sport you might be. Covering, but especially you and Tyler right now, y'all have a, you'll have a great rapport, and Thanks. you seem to have fun. And um, we do, we have a good time. Uh, Spend, we've known each other for years. I've talked about it. I mean, I've called called games of his when he was in high school. Called his yeah. first start in high school. We've done a gazillion high school and college games together over yeah. the years. So it's it's really neat to have a chance to do these games yeah. with him at this time. I know. Okay. Well, before we wrap it up. You've, you've got to give it to us before we can, uh, before we, because we don't know where we will be next week. You're exactly right. I mean, you may not even like physically be here. We're, we're still well, working. Me we're working on the details driving? for next year, next week. Because, um, but yeah. So, I will. Do I give you two roll tides now? No, I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Well, yeah. One yeah, way yeah, or the yeah. other. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll one way. One way. We're going to figure this out. We will be. It's Iron Bowl week next it's week. It's Iron Bowl week. For we will loud. figure out a way to make this happen. We but, will. But for now. And for Chris Stewart, who you can always find at Chris Stewart, Stewart online. online. Two S's. And uh, just, just look for him. He's there. But for Chris Stewart, <laughs> I'm Kelly Hunter. Thank you for watching Respect the Process, and we will see you next week, Iron Bowl week. Take care.